But after a while, you know, after five years, a little bit more, I started running into things that AA didn't have the answers for. Back in those days, there was a real focus on if you didn't achieve a sense of serenity, happiness, whatever, you weren't working the program hard enough. And I learned that AA can't give us everything. And it's really important for our recovery to reach out to other sources of help. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Special thanks to Jeff Baim of Frederick, Maryland for editing services, helping us get these episodes out the door. Thank you, Jeff. So today is April 23rd, and I'm very excited to uh, introduce you to my longtime friend. Uh, We went to high school together in the 70s, and he's here to share with us on the daily reflection for today, which is AA is not a cure-all. Fantastic. Well, Alex, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Alex C. Well, Alex, we get started in the same way every day. We ask the guest to read the Daily Reflection for today. Do you have that handy? I do. April 23rd, AA is not a cure-all. It would be a product of false pride to claim that AA is a cure-all, even for alcoholism as Bill sees at page 285. In my early years of sobriety, I was full of pride, thinking that AA was the only source of treatment for a good and happy life. It certainly was the basic ingredient for my sobriety, and even today, with over 12 years in the program, I'm very involved in meetings, sponsorship, and service. During the first four years of my recovery, I found it necessary to seek professional help, since my emotional health was extremely poor. There are those folks, too, who have found sobriety and happiness in other organizations. AA taught me that I had a choice to go to any lengths to enhance my sobriety. AA may not be a cure-all for everything, but it is the center of my sober living. Wow, that's great. It's a good reading. What comes to mind for you, Alex, as you read those? Well, for me, it, it, it makes me think of different parts of my recovery. I sobered up on June 6, 1983. And in the early part of my recovery, AA was everything. And I remember in particular being in treatment and a counselor holding up the big book and saying to, the, saying to us, the group, if your answer's not in here, you don't have a question. And, you know, and I laughed and, and yet at the time, that's what I needed. You know, I needed the focus to be 100% on the program and the solutions offered by the 12 steps 
and all the other suggestions that come with the AA program. But after a while, you know, after five years, a little bit more, I started running into things that AA didn't have the answers for. Back in those days, there was a real focus on if you didn't achieve a sense of serenity, happiness, whatever, you weren't working the program hard enough. And I learned that AA can't give us everything. And it's really important for our recovery to reach out to other sources of help where we can. I mean, this it begs the question, do you believe that alcoholism is a disease in the truest sense of the word? Absolutely. It's a disease. And it's interesting because in the big book, they talk about it as a physical, emotional, and spiritual disease. What do we focus on? In the 12-step programs of AA, NA, you know, whatever programs people go to, we focus, it's their spiritual programs, which, you know, which kind of leads you to ask the question, okay, what are we doing about our physical and emotional? And, you know, working the steps and working with a sponsor, working with sponsees, we deal with some of the emotional stuff, but only some. And the physical, not at all. You know, I mean, when I walked in the door, you know, we were still smoking in meetings, you know, we were smoking, you know, the, the, the story was, oh, if you have an urge, eat some candy, you know, sort of get, get your sugar fix and your insulin kicked off. And I mean, it's stuff now that we know is not good for you. And all those things are really linked. Yeah. Have you encountered things in your recovery that AA has not been helpful with? Like there are, I don't know if you've experienced mental health issues or things that you need to see, you know, seek uh, other forms of, of treatment for. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have. I started going to therapy pretty early in my recovery. You know, I'd been to therapy before coming to the 12 step program, you know, like many people, I thought, you know, if you go to therapy, I'll deal with these issues and won't feel the need to pick up a drink or a drug, you know, within the se second or third hour that I'm awake every day. Didn't come to pass. And so in recovery, you know, the first few years, everything was wonderful because I was so relieved and so elated to get this oppressive thing off my back, you know, this addiction, which I struggled so long with. But then life started coming back, you know, and therapy has been hugely helpful. I have found with the people I sponsor, I strongly recommend that they deal with their outside issues, you know, with their, because there's a lot of depth to our addiction and it takes a long time and a multi-pronged approach to peeling away the onion. I totally agree with everything you're saying here. It's We're victims of this disease, but we do have responsibility to do whatever we need to do to get ourselves well once we figure out that we're, mm -hmm. that we belong here. So Alex, you came in at a young age. What is it that brought you in into recovery? Well, what brought me in was uh, I failed out of college. And that was the, that was the spark. Like, you know, some people walk in the door, they're willing to do anything to not drink or get high again. I came in 
really, I was trying to game the system. I failed out of school. I figured if I said, oh, the reason I failed out was my drug and alcohol problem. I'll go to treatment for four weeks. They'll let me back in in the fall and I'll be, you know, my life can continue. And I went into treatment for what I thought was four weeks, but there was like four weeks for alcoholics and then six weeks for addicts. And I tried to hide my drug addiction. They saw through it. And so there I was for six weeks. And then at the end, then they sent me to extended care. So I was inpatient another six months. So I was inpatient seven and a half months and three months in the halfway house. And during that time, I finally became willing to do anything to not pick up a drink or a drug. And that's what it took for me. <laughs> yeah. And did you get it right away? Did you did you stick and stay, as they say? I did. I did. I, I got in those uh, 10 and a half months, I understood what I needed to do. And what I needed to do was place my recovery first and foremost above every other thing in my life. I needed to spend a lot of time and energy focused on the program, going to meetings, working with a sponsor, working with sponsees, and working the steps over and over. Does that mean you've done them more than once? I have. I've done them a number of times. And, you know, certain steps you do more often. You know, there's some that are, uh, are considered the daily steps. You know, uh, step 11, prayer and meditation. Step 10. But a number of the others also I find really helpful to do on a daily basis. Steps one, two, and three. You know, I remind myself that today I'm still an alcoholic and an addict, and it doesn't matter how long it's been since I've had my last drink or drug. If I pick one up today, my life will be as much as a, a, of a disaster as it was then. I am as powerless today as I was any other time. What about uh, you? You mentioned. Step 11, what does that spirituality look like for you today? Did you have a hard time as a, as a young kid coming into AA, conceptualizing a higher power of some sort? Yes, I came in an atheist. I was an atheist for the first 12 years of my recovery. And I, I make it a point to talk about that in meetings, because sometimes in meetings, people say that you need to have a God to stay clean and sober. And I found that is not the case. I found that you just need to be willing to work a spiritual program and you need to be willing to follow directions. I've known people who've come into these rooms who are very religious, who went out, drank, and are now dead because of their addiction. And they had a much better conception of a higher power than I did. For me, it was a matter of coming in and following directions. I was told when I walked in the door, every morning, get on your knees and ask God to help you stay clean and sober today. And every evening, get on your knees and say thank you. And I did that in spite of the fact that with my uh, good Jesuit training and arguments in class with various priests and Christian brothers, I had six really, really strong arguments why God didn't exist. I could tell you why, but I was desperate enough that I did that, and I found that it worked. It was an important piece. And mm. today, I am more an agnostic. I don't believe in, a, in an all-powerful 
God. Uh, I believe in spirit. I believe in connection with all beings in the universe. And that's it's kind of a different a different view. And it's one that I have learned to appreciate and be okay with being in the mystery and not knowing. I love that. And it's actually not very different from my own conception. And I believe that we are all connected. And I believe that when I practice the principles and work the program into my life, I begin to function in a way that allows me to connect better. And it sounds like you've been doing this for quite some time. I'm curious about challenges though. You know, we all experience challenges. Life life continues and it, it is not always easy. Tell me about some tough times that you've experienced in recovery and, and how did you handle those tough times? One of the big gifts I find of this program is we walk in the door and we're looking for a way to stop drinking and drugging. And we come in and we get a solution that helps us not only address that issue and free us from that compulsion, but it also helps us deal with life. And, you know, there are a couple places that I always go to, one in the big book where it talks about the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. And then there's this great line in the foreword of the 12 and 12, which says something to the effect of these 12 steps relieve the sufferer of his addiction and enables him to become happily and usefully whole. And these tools are tools that I use for life. Part B of step one is a very important element in my step work. My life has become unmanageable. And by unmanageable, it's not the chaos of drinking. It's, uh, it's what happens in sobriety also. I've had work struggles where uh, I'm self-employed. And when you're self-employed, you have your ups and downs. Using the steps and using the fellowship and the relationships in this program has been huge in getting through that. You know, part of going through periods between jobs is, you know, your self-esteem plummets. You're like, I'll never get hired again. And it's interesting because you talk to people who are extremely successful and our heads all go to the same place. And this is not just addicts and alcoholics. This is people. One thing I find in my program is during periods where work is really slow, and I have to keep relearning this, is I don't have to wait till the evening to go to an AA meeting. You know, if I go in the morning, my day is better <laughs> as opposed to being bummed out all day and then going to a meeting in the evening and having a good evening, you know, and it's just little things like that that make such a difference. I love what you're saying, Alex, because what you're saying is that this program of recovery gives us tools to manage life. And I think you were struggling to find some really hard times to tell us about because you've learned how to manage in a way that those times maybe don't seem quite as hard as they did back when we were you know, out there using. And I think that's cool. So it says in the, in the bottom of the reflection that AA taught me that I had a choice to go to any length to enhance my sobriety. How do you do that today? How do you go to any length to enhance your sobriety today, as opposed to just not picking up a drink today? One thing I've learned is that pain is a great motivator. When I'm in pain, I will dive into 
all the suggestions that we are offered much more willingly. I'll go to more meetings. I will call my sponsor more. I will work with sponsees more. I will work the steps more. The battle is to do that in general, is to not wait. It's like, you know, I used to have a lot of back problems because I didn't get, I never, I didn't exercise much. And now I exercise to make sure I don't have those back problems. And it's kind of that same, that same mindset. What I do now is I go to a lot of meetings. I have a sponsor who I connect with. I have sponsees who I work with. I started an AA meeting with a friend. Yeah, I think that's it. So what advice do you have for the newcomer that may be, may be struggling with not only drinking, drugging, use disorder? What advice do you have for, for the newcomer? I think the most important thing is just to follow the directions. There are a bunch of directions we have, and this was something I was told when I walked in the door, which was stop thinking about it and just do it. A lot of us come in and we find all the holes in the program, you know, all the, all the uh, seeming contradictions, and people die. People die because they're right, you know? And I found that even today, I have to pay less attention to my thinking. It's like, what is in front of me? What do I need to do? And I used to bristle when I would hear people talk about the low success rate of 12-step programs. And the issue I had is, what are you, what are you counting, right? You're counting everybody who walks in the door, and that's it. But you're not counting only the people who are following the directions. It's like saying the success rate of a cancer treatment, you include the people who walk in and when the doc says, you got to get chemo three times a week for the next five weeks, that the person says, well, I volleyball on Tuesdays and I have to do laundry on Thursdays, which is the kind of stuff that I've had newcomers tell me. So do you have any advice for the newcomer? My most important advice for the newcomer is to follow directions. When I walked in the door, I was one of many people who wanted to rewrite the big book because it was written badly and it was archaic and for all these various, it had too much God in there. And I spent a lot of time circling the drain, uh, trying to figure out a better way to do something as opposed to just following the directions. And I found that the people who are able to stay sober are not the smartest people or the wisest people or, you know, the best, the good, the goodest people. It's the people who follow directions. And that is really all there is to it. We hear a lot that this is a simple program and it is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And if you follow the directions, you will not have to drink again and not have to drug again and your life will get better. And that I can guarantee Fantastic. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Glad to, glad to have been here. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community 
at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day. This podcast produced by Lee McGinnis and Michael Lynn, editing services by Jeff Bain.